Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are living through some remarkable times here today. Everything around is moving, shifting, changing faster than it ever has before. And it presents a number of challenges for us all the time about how do we keep up? Do we want to keep up? Do we want to change? Do we want to shift? Do we, we want to be with this one business? We don't have much choice in our personal lives. There's also lots of remarkable things happening. And one of the best thinkers, deepest thinkers, most uh, jarring type of thinkers I've ever known. It's my good friend, Christopher Lockhead, who is with us today to share some additional thoughts, Christopher, about something that you have worked on a lot lately, which is this whole native digital, digital native, and then analogs and others that have come up here. And you know, your original thinking on it, I think some people, first, let me stop, please, to say hello. <laughs> good to see you, Bob. Love you. Thanks you for too, having Christopher. me back. You too. Um, <clears throat> I think some of your original thinking about this, a lot of people saw that and said, ah, well, that just doesn't make any sense. You know, that's they, these can be the most distinct type of humans that, that we've seen in, in millennia. But um, more and more as we get into this, Chris, I think your thinking about it, your research, your writing on it has been really profound. And you're not trying to get out here and... Uh, you know, proclaims somebody's better or worse because of his or her age or mindset. But you are saying this is something that we will, business people will ignore at our own peril, right? Very much so. Well, and, and to be clear, native analog business people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we had this aha, you know, in our work, we were like, uh, we've constantly, you know, I say we, I mean, my category pirates partners, uh, Cole and Eddie, um, why isn't, so we believe that this shift from native analogs, people who grew up primarily in the analog world, uh, to native digitals, people who've come of age pretty much since the smartphone and the cloud, and that's sort of roughly where the big line we think is. So age-wise, 35 and under native analog, uh, excuse me, native digital, and above that native analog. Um, and one of the things that's come up is people think we're being ageist in some way. And we're not. Well, first of all, it's interesting that reporting the news is considered ageist. So all we're trying to do is report the news. And all we're saying is that native digitals are a new category of human being. And it might be the biggest change in the definition of what a human being is mm -hmm. since the shift from hunter-gatherers to farmers. That's what we're trying to say. Now, you want to argue with us about it by all means, and people do. Um, but it's not an ageist thing. It's a where do you live your life thing? Where's your primary life experience? Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, of late, we've tried to do some writing to help people uh, with this. And I'd like to read you a little story. Can I read you a story, Bob? Chris, you are like the most cuddly bedtime story type reader ever. <laughs> yes, we'd love to hear that. Okay. Once, a once upon a time in a town far, far away lived a hunter-gatherer dad and the first ever farmer daughter. My love, the hunter-gatherer dad said, today I'm going to teach you how to provide for yourself. We're going berry picking. But the daughter didn't want to go berry picking. She had a different point of view. Why? We have a whole plot of land right here. Listen, Dad, we could take the seeds from the berries 
plant acres of them and have food for the whole year if we wanted to. And then we could keep the seeds for next year's harvest, trade them to other hunter gatherers who want to become farmers, barter them for all the other things we need each year. We could earn more, work less and help the whole town do the same. The hunter-gatherer dad looked at his daughter, blinked a few times. Lady, what on earth are you talking about? Farming? That's all anybody your age seems to want to talk about these days. Your whole generation doesn't want to work. I raised you to work hard every day, not just in spurts. Think about this. If we grow our own berries and food just magically appears, like you say, what's going to happen to all the good people in this town whose lives depend on them gathering barriers of uh, berries. What about all the people who make berry picking walking sticks? They're going to need the government to bail them out. That's what all those jobs lost to farming. Now quit your complaining, grab your walking stick, put on your boots. We're going berry picking. But as soon as the hunter gatherer dad left the room, the daughter went right back to thinking about farming. The future was already here. Her hunter gatherer dad just couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it kind of sounds like some conversations I've had, you know, with uh, with youngsters. But um, Chris, right? Because every parent to young person or colleagues at work of different ages, we've all had these sorts of things. But you're saying this isn't just another replication of it, but this is something that stands out across thousands of years. Yes, it's a fundamental difference in the definition of what a human being is. And I know that sounds like a gigantic over-exaggeration to native analogs. And the aha we had, you know, we've said since sort of we've been, we had this aha, and we've been kind of unpacking it ever since and researching it ever since. Um been thinking about well why isn't this on the cover of the wall street journal why don't you know the average s p 500 ceo is 58 years old why don't they seem to understand this and here's the aha about that for native analogs this whole discussion is a huh mm -hmm. and for native digitals it's a duh mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. native digitals of course you say to them hey um, the primary place you live your life is on your phone, right? They're like, yeah. If we took away your phone, we'd take away like a huge part of your life, right? Yeah, don't do that. And there's so much evidence of this everywhere. Here, here's here's one I love. Um, so we're now allowed to get back together again, right? Yes. And so we can, yeah, well, we can talk about the political situation. <laughs> <if you want. laughs> Freedom's not free, Bob. Um, <laughs> But here's the interesting thing. Have you been to um, a rock and roll show lately? Any kind of a performance yes. in public? Yes. Carnegie Hall uh, about three weeks ago. Okay. Maybe this doesn't happen at Carnegie Hall. You'll tell me. But have you noticed that people at concerts today watch them like this? <laughs> they put their phone in front of their face and they watch the Rolling Stones on stage in person through their fucking phone. <laughs> so, you know, wait a minute. We are now at a place in time where the experiencing of the analog in its beauty and glory 
is not enough. We literally have to put the digital over top of it. Because if it doesn't happen in the digital world, it didn't happen. Now, if you look at the evidence, it's clear. Where do more than 50% of people in the United States today meet their significant other mm -hmm. in the digital world? Where do all knowledge workers in the United States work? Well, work is no longer an analog place. It's a digital space. Yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, huge story. I can send it to you if you want. It's about Salesforce, Google, and a whole bunch of others who are getting rid of their office space. If I remember right, Bob, uh, Salesforce is now trying to get rid of 25% of the space they have in their giant tower. It's the biggest building in San Francisco. And and within a very short term, uh, a short time after building it and moving in, bam, COVID hits. But here's the thing. They're not coming back. The native digitals are not coming back. This is what people don't understand. And so office space is worth nowhere near what it used to be worth because if you're a native digital um, uh, that, does, that does knowledge work, work is just a space. Mm -hmm. And if you try to force a high-performing native digital back to work, they quit. Um, and so here, here's the fundamental problem. Um, if you don't understand how meaningful this shift is, in the, in the experience of life for people, that is to say native digitals experience life completely differently than you and I do uh, as native analogs. If you don't understand that as a business leader, you have two problems. One, you can't hire and retain anybody under 35. Two, you can't market and sell to anybody under 35. Mm -hmm. Every time you see a television ad, an ad on TV, it's either for a product or service targeted at a native analog, or it's being done by a company that has no idea what's going on anymore because nobody under 35 watches television. And so in the marketing world where I spend a lot of time, people are now confused. They're like, how do we get, how do we, how do we market? How do we build funnel? Cause we can't, we don't know where they are. Oh yeah, of course you don't cause you're a native analog. And so it's a deeply, deeply profound shift. And um, it's, it's, it's a conversation that leaves a lot of native analogs feeling disempowered. And so uh, before I go to talk about how to re-empower yourself as a native analog in the native digital world, I, I just, let me take a pause right there and get your reaction. Yeah. Well, you know, Christopher, I'm quite certain you were the first person I ever heard flip the term, right? And it was, uh, you know, from digital natives. And you said, no, that's not enough. That's not fully accurate. That doesn't underscore this change that's happening. So you talk about it as, you know, native digitals and then native analogs. It's just a cleaner way of looking at things, right? Because I think we try to say we're all sort of in the same place, you know, I'm 66, but I've become a digital native so I'm like those others. No, you said there's native digitals, native analogs. Start at that point. You're not accusing anybody of being, you know, bad or dopey or goofy. It, it just is. Like the hunter-gatherer, right? The, the hunter-gatherer father wanted the best for his daughter, and he was imposing the hunter-gatherer mindset on that. But it didn't click with her reality and what she wanted to do and where the idea she had. And there's no going back on that. So I think that clarity that you've provided has been 
really profound, Chris. And I, I just also want to say, I guess this is, I would say this is three years ago. You told me this story about your, your wife in Santa Cruz had friends from the UK, perhaps London visiting on the beach and the sunset. Right. And, and I remember you weren't mad. You weren't trying like, oh, I had to whip the, some manners into that kid uh, who wanted to watch the sunset through his phone or didn't care about the sunset because he was interested in his life yep. on his phone. And you just, you didn't get angry about it. You were puzzled by it. And you said, there's something going on here. And I had to think about this a little more and think about what it means. So um, I have been fascinated by this journey you've been on, this adventure to try to figure out what does this mean? And so a moment ago, when you boiled that down, you know, for a business leader, you've got two problems. You're not going to be able to hire people. And you're not going to be able to sell stuff. Other than that, life's going to be great. But, you know, you'll have no employees and no revenue. Yeah. And and the bifurcation is massive. So um, we were on a call recently with a um, multi-billion dollar publicly traded company, their CEO and executive team, uh, me and my category Pirates Brothers. And we began to have a conversation about a particular kind of um, digital marketing that we thought that they should do that they weren't doing. We had an hour long discussion about this. Mm-hmm. And the three of us, uh, Cole, Eddie and I, you ever have a, you ever in a discussion where, where you think, okay, everybody in this meeting is fucking with me. Everybody, this, they, they must be gaslighting me. This cannot be true. I had as a side note, we just had to do a wire transfer with Citibank. Well, it turns out you can't do that. You can't do it on the internet and you can't do it on the phone. And after you get fucking pushed to the 17th person, you're like, no, no, no. I have money here and I want it there. And it's it's like you're over an hour now getting you. So you spend an hour trying to do it on the internet. Can't figure it out. You're like, all right, fine. Then you get on the phone, you spend another hour and you get passed around a bazillion. And so finally, fuck it. And my wife, Carrie says, I'll just go into the branch. And she gets it done very easily in the branch. But you just look at it and you go, it's fucking 2022. It's 2022. And Citibank can't do a fucking bank transfer on the internet in two seconds. Okay, but Venmo is some space Star Trek thing. You just go whoop, whoop, and we're done. It just the bifurcation is just unfucking believable that people don't get uh, how big this change is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anyway, back to the conversation. We get off the call. We're like that. That was insane. And Cole, who's thirty-one, says. Uh, in my world, that's two texts. Yeah, that's right. And in, during the call, he's talking about how, well, you realize that if you use something like Zapier, you can just connect this, that, and the other, and you don't have to do any of that shit you just described. And the native analog marketing leader says, what's Zapier? And we say, okay, well, there's the problem. Because if you're a native digital and you're building native digital business, you've got Zapier automating all the, you create your little algos and Zapio and Bob's your uncle. And you now need to hire, you know, five less people because you've got these little algorithms going whoop, 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 whoop. 
But if you're a native analog marketing executive, you've never even heard of that. And you need to spend an hour long conversation with the CEO and a bunch of other high priced executives having some nose picking discussion about can we or can't we do this digital marketing thing. Mm -hmm. And and that's really the difference right there. When you're native digital, your primary life experience is the digital world, and you think digital first. You don't think, oh, who do we need to get to do X? You think, in this case, how do we get Zapier to do X? Okay. Uh, Mr. Beast is out there raising money right now, and his personal valuation is $1.5 billion. And I got some numbers recently. Let me see if I can pull them up. Okay. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Mr. Beast on YouTube has 111 million subscribers. <laughs> on TikTok, 57.5. On Instagram, 20.8. On Twitter, 16 million. Now, to put that into perspective, and there's conflicting data on this, but um, CNN has an average primetime audience of somewhere, depending on what data you want to believe on the internet, so I'm not sure, but somewhere between 200,000 and 500,000, primetime audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mr. Beast would consider himself a complete failure if he had 3x <laughs> CNN's primetime audience, 5x CNN's primetime audience. So my point is, um, Oh, and, and, and here's the other thing, Mr. Beast. He's not fucking selling ads the way legacy media companies are. He's selling products. Mm -hmm. He launched a burger joint, okay? And it fucking sold out. And here's what he didn't do. Yes, he launched some of his own, but he said, why do I want to be constrained by the analog world? He created... Mr. Beast Burger Cloud Kitchens. So if you're an existing restaurant and you want to bolt on, let's say we have, uh, you know, Bob and Chris's excellent, you know, lunch place, right? And we want to bolt on Mr. Beast Burgers, we can, right? So it's like one layer down from a franchise, if you will, right? Yeah. So anyway, my point is the following. Um, if you want to connect with native digitals, you have to figure out what Mr. Beast is doing, not what CNN's doing. Yeah, yeah. Chris, this is, uh, <clears throat> I don't believe you're a doctor um, or that you play one on you know, your podcast and all that, but really what I've been struck by a lot of the work you've been doing over the last year or so is, you're just trying to reassure people. Nobody's attacking you. Nobody's saying that, you know, your career is a waste and all that. We're just saying, given the objective reality that's in front of us, your job as a leader is to identify where the future might be headed. And if you're not looking at certain things here about this new world that the native digitals are creating and the new, not that they're setting rules, but the new um, requirements that are going to exist in that world, your company's going to go out of business, right? Again, not saying you're a bad person, dumb. No, and there person. is a way out, which we'll get to. Yeah. But this is how profound it was. So in the last month or two, I had a conversation with the CMO of a, a uh, S&P 25 company. Uh -huh. 
they do almost a billion a year in marketing investment between headcount and all the programs and all that. Of that number, about 200 million was on brand awareness marketing. Mm-hmm. What, what in the marketing world we call super top of funnel. Yeah. Well, he did an analysis of that and he figured out that 90% of it does nothing. Doesn't increase their revenue, doesn't increase their market cap, doesn't do doesn't do anything. Why? Because random awareness in the analog world is almost valueless today. So they're taking $200 million, mm-hmm. cutting it and redeploying it. Uh-huh. So just think about that for a second. For, uh, S&P Fortune 25 company, CMO, massive budget, $200 million on brand marketing goes, this doesn't work anymore. And I said to this person, let's just call, uh, let's just call them Jim. I said, Hey, Jim, why doesn't it work anymore? He said, because the traditional uh, marketing executions, advertising doesn't work. And all of the brand sponsorships of uh, analog events doesn't work. I said, so what are you doing? He goes, targeted digital. Mm-hmm. And so, so this is not an abstract discussion that's going on right now, because here's the aha from a marketing perspective. If you want to market to people, you have to know where the people are so you can market to them and guess where they're not watching CNN. Well, that's in line with most people, but, um, <laughs> But I know your point's absolutely true. And you mentioned that before, like how can you form any sort of engagement with people when you don't know where they are, where they go, who they are, what they want, how they speak, how they think, how they choose to be engaged with. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. So um, now a lot of native analogs get upset. They say this is ageist. They say, oh, you know, I've been in technology since there was punch cards, blah, 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 blah. I'm Mr. Mrs. You know, I was digital before it was digital. Okay. So, so can we go there for a sec? Okay. Can I read you another little story? Yep. Moving to Japan doesn't make you Japanese. Let's say you're an American and you decide to move to Japan. You spend 20 years living in Japan. You learn the language and become fluent. You know your way around Tokyo and Kyoto like the back of your hand. You decorate yourself in the finest authentic Japanese clothing. You even marry someone who is 100% Japanese and you co-create Japanese people with your spouse. Is all of that great? Yes. But does it make you Japanese? No. At the end of the day, you're still an American. And for your most formative years, you grew up in America an American, it will always be your primary life lens. The exact same is true for being native analog in a native digital world. Because you and I grew up with the technology. You could argue you and I did a minuscule little part along the way to help the technology do its thing. You wrote about it extensively at one of the most influential uh, magazines back when there were magazines. Uh, and so forth. You held senior communications, actually the most senior communications positions you can hold at two of the greatest digital companies of all time, SAP and Oracle. 
And, you know, I did a few little things along the way as well. Um, And your primary life experience is analog first, even though you have a very rich digital life. If you're like me, you probably take physical notes. If you're like me, you probably would prefer a physical book to an analog book. Uh, I have a record player because I like records and I like my fucking digital music. Don't get me wrong. But uh, you know what? I was listening yesterday to a Tom Tom Waits record and it has a scratch in it and it gets stuck in the scratch. (laughs) And you got to get up and you got to move the needle and move it over a little bit and put it back in. Well, when I was a young person, that pissed me off. Today, that makes me happy. That's now a feature, not a bug. <laughs> Absolutely. My uh, and so, newest toys is right up there, Chris, right over my head. That, what am I looking at? That This old radio up here. Beautiful. Yeah. It Does was, it have uh, transistors in it? Does it? What does it have in it? Are those old vacuum tubes? Those are vacuum tubes. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I, I think the thing that pops into my head, Chris, about what you're saying here is, as always, in every part of life, you know, you have a choice. You can say, you can go off on this road that I just find profoundly stupid of being ageist or something like that. It's like, we've come to the point, and you uh, alluded to this earlier in the conversation, that if you disagree with somebody, there's got to be some ist reason for it, ageist or this or this or this. It isn't that. I I think, as often happens to people who point out a new reality here, there's you are in a place now where there's some people who are probably jumping on this and saying, wow, this is tremendous. But at this early stage, there's probably a lot more people who are, no, no, it isn't that. And they they can't accept the reality. So they put up terms like, oh, what is ageist? God. Um, Anyway, I don't want to get off on on that whole thing, but... uh, Well, so here's the breakthrough. So we recently wrote um, a piece called The Mentor Myth. Yeah. And forever the myth has been, you know, when you become the old, been there, done that gal or guy, uh, your job is to mentor the next generation. You know, if you have an older boss and you're a younger person, they're grooming you, they're mentoring you, they're supporting you, they're coaching you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm sure you had some mentors and some coaches who were senior to you early in your life. Yes, Bob. Absolutely. Absolutely. They made a giant difference. Yes. Yes. And I myself still have some, uh, older folks in my life who are incredible mentors and coaches for me. Uh, one of my best coaches in the world is nine is going to be 92 this year. And having a 92 year old coach is a very good thing. At least I think. And I have many friends in their 70s. Um, And here's the aha. It used to be, whether we realize it or not, that the mental model for mentoring, coaching, developing, grooming, et cetera, was older, more experienced person supporting younger person. Well, here's the aha. It's a virtuous circle. Mm -hmm. And the truth is it always was. In the native digital world, it's more um, radically noticeable. So when I told you that stuff about Zapier, that process automation algorithm carbodingulator thing, I might've sounded like a smart native analog who really knows some shit. Okay, maybe, but here's why. His name is Nicholas Cole. 
and I have a three-way partnership, equal partnership, me, Eddie, Eddie's just slightly younger than me, and Cole. It's an equal partnership. So here's the aha. If you're native analog and you've had any kind of success in your career, the sort of career path, I think we can learn everything we need to learn about legendary careers from Star Wars. You're, you're Leia or Luke, mm -hmm. if you're lucky in the beginning. If you're a high potential and you're really going for it, you become Leia or Luke. And then I used to think that the, the, the reward for being a successful Leia or Luke was, ta-da, winning. <laughs> Whatever definition of winning was. No. You know, I grew up poor, so not being poor was like, that was the reward. Um, but then you have this aha over time, which is, okay, so maybe you do win and you do get acknowledged as a person that made a difference and you do make some money and you do make some contributions and build some relationships and build some technologies and some companies and some categories and do some shit. Well, the aha for me is the reward for that is actually that you get to be Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you do a great job for 20 or 30 years as Obi-Wan, you get to be Yoda when you're in your late seventies, eighties, nineties, you know, my, my 90 year olds, we fucking call him Yoda. Um, and so here's the thing about the mentor myth. It's a virtuous circle. And if you're a native analog who's had any kind of success in business slash life, that's radically valuable to a 28 year old. And in business, Less so on the tactical execution side, although there's valuable things that you know there for sure, but certainly on the more strategic side, we've been to the show. And so here's my point. For native analogs to be successful today requires deep, meaningful, no bullshit partnerships with native digitals. Mm -hmm. And here's the unlock for the native digital. If you were to ask Cole what some of the value of working with two native analogs is, he would tell you something like, we've helped accelerate his career by 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so this is the aha. Native analogs have a gigantic role to play here. <clears throat> it's less in the knowing what Zapier is or isn't. Because look, I don't know about you, as a native analog, it's hard for me to be up on all that shit. I don't know why that's hard. It's like the last new music person I heard of was Adele, right? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't even know where to go. I mean, I understand Spotify, but like, you know what I'm saying, right? I have a niece. I do. That, I, do. <laughs> I have a niece that works for Spotify in Nashville. She's incredible, right? And she tells me about all these artists and I'm like, wow i never heard about any of them they're selling you know bazillions of streams and yeah. shit and anyway um and so the older we get the less likelihood we're going to be up on all of the bleeding edge shit it's just i don't know why i'm not an expert it's just what fucking happens but when we can give up this thing that we have to be the all-knowing all-seeing wizard of oz and realize no 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 we're obi-wan obi-wan knows how the force works and if push comes to shove, Obi-Wan could pull out a lightsaber or get in a TIE fighter and do some shit if, if, if he needs to. But the reality is 
we want Luke dro dropping the bomb to take care of the the um, Death Star, right? And Obi-Wan's job is to make more legendary Leia's and Luke's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the big shift, understanding that as native analogs, we have incredible experience. We have incredible deep knowledge of how things got to be where they are and based on that, where they might go in the future. We've seen, look, right now we have an economic crash going on, an economic problem going on, a recession, whatever you want to call it, or, you know, is it a recession or isn't it a recession? <laughs> but whatever, you and I have been through some shit. This doesn't scare me. My portfolio is down 25% this year. My native digital friends are losing their minds. I'm like, ah, take a big deep breath, have a beer and give it 18 months, you know? And so there's just an element of this stuff, you know, right now in the, in the startup world, we're having a lot of startups that are very challenged and a whole bunch of them are going to go out of business. I had a conversation with the CEO yesterday who's facing a decision they have to the end of Q2 next year. And they either got to shut it down, sell it, or let it burn out. Mm -hmm. Well, the CEO's never been in this situation before. I've had this conversation more times than I can count. <laughs> right? Anyway, you understand my point. And so the aha here is that native analogs have much to teach native digitals that is radically valuable. And you know what? Cole teaches me as much, if not more than I teach him. And you're a father, you're a grandfather, parents and grandparents understand this. How much do your grandchildren teach you? Lots of stuff all the time. Right. So this is, we, I think the aha for native analogs is first understanding this. If we don't understand this, you're not going to be able to do, th do two things. One, market and sell your products. Two, hire and retain anybody under the age of 35. So you, you got to get your head around that. And, and you are the last of a breed that is absolutely dying. We are the last native analogs to walk planet earth, period. Human beings have, have embedded technology into the core experience of life. And that will be true forever going forward. And you can like that. You can not like that. You can find that upsetting. You can find that exciting. I'm just reporting the news. Mm -hmm. The aha then is, okay, so if you are a native analog in the working world, what do you do about this? Well, what you do is you niche down hard on your core skills, your core experiences, your mentoring ability, your leadership skills, your management skills. Do you know how to implement the newest content management system for acceleration economy? No, you, you don't even know. You don't even know what to build a website in anymore. Okay. It's not WordPress anymore. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's not WordPress anymore. Just telling you. Okay. But it doesn't matter that Bob Evans doesn't know some of that shit, right? What Bob Evans does know is how to take a leadership position in an industry and elevate the best thinking in a way that is hugely valuable to an entire industry. That's what you know how to do. And whether or not we build accelerationeconomy.com and WordPress or not is really irrelevant at yeah. this stage of your career. Yeah. That's the unlock that we can learn as much from them as they can from us. And we need to focus on where we have the biggest leverage, where we make the biggest difference. And when you're Obi-Wan, that's different than when you were Leia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, Chris, I want to just share a couple things. They're, I think, relevant to what you've been talking about, which has been extraordinary. But in my time working at Oracle, when, uh, you know, working with Larry Ellison, I'd prevent, present him with uh, different ideas. And 
uh, you know, we we talk about some of these. And at one point he said, you know, he said, I guess I got to make this clear to you. Uh, he said, these ideas are fine. He said, but they don't interest me. He said, and he said, at this point in my life, he said, I should focus all my time and energy on stuff that is of highest interest to me. He said, because that's where I can make the biggest impact. And I think if all of us uh, native analogs would just accept that and not feel like the fact we don't know everything or the world is changing and I got to change how I hire, who I hire, where I go, what I market. Instead of getting upset by that, why not be happy about it? Like the guy who saved the CMO who saved $200 million that was being burnt, you know, for no good outcome. And, uh, you know, I do this uh, daily video show and now I'm, I'm not in anywhere within the universe of Mr. Beast, but it's become fairly successful. Uh, It's got a good falling. That never would have happened if I had done it my way. It would have crashed and burned within a week or two. But I was at least smart enough or lazy enough. I'm not sure. I I wrote out the plan. I talked to my daughter, Ella, who's been a fantastic partner of mine over this five-year adventure. And, uh, you know, I said, okay, Ella, here's how we're going to do this. You know, we'll do this, this, this. We'll bounce it off store we'll record it on zoom we'll run it through mainframes we'll decrypt it encode it this is a you know 15 25 30 absurdly ridiculous expensive time-consuming steps and i said what do you think and she said dad i think that's great but here's what we're going to do record the video on your phone text it to me i'll post it on linkedin <laughs> so <laughs> from this monstrously old-fashioned inefficient ineffective dumb expensive idea of mine to hers, which led to the success. So the stuff that I know and that I talk about in these daily video shows never would have seen the light of day had I done it my way. And because of Ella's insights, I was able to do the stuff that I do and have yes. actually it out there where some people see it. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Let's just think about that. Let's unpack this because and, and let me, you know, give you some praise here, Bob. You did exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. So whether you realize it or not, you go, okay, I'm a native analog. I have all these skills. I have all these insights. I've seen this entire industry grow up. I've been part of that thing. Your ability to analyze what's going on in the cloud is pretty much unmatched, right? Your ability to put on a legendary event well, that, that, that is forward-leaning, that delivers a lot of value to technology, perfect, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You, I could go on and on about the skills that you have, right? So let's just say you were back at Information Week and you had this exact idea. Let's do a daily, how long are those videos that you do, Bob? Three minutes. Three minutes. Let's do a daily three-minute show because that's what we would have called it back then. Okay, well, what did we say? Well, um, where's a TV studio around here where we can rent out some time and we need to hire some people and we need to have these editors and we need to, okay, now. Focus uh, groups, Chris, too. Focus groups. Focus groups. <laughs> Uh, then maybe what we need to do, well, shit, we need distribution. So starting our own thing, might we, we could, but man, that would be hard. Uh, I wonder if we could maybe buy some time on CNBC at 2 a.m. in the morning and yeah. get this thing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, or let's do a partnership with CNN or CNBC or Fox Business or whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And in that world, there's all these analog gatekeepers, because let's say you'd gone to CNBC or Fox Business and proposed the Bob Evans show, 
well, you know, there's there's a very small number of poobahs who decide whether they're going to anoint you or not. And and then if they do, then you're got to be because they're the big, powerful network. You got it. Whatever contract they put in front of you, you kind of got to eat it because, you know, otherwise you got et cetera. And it goes on and on and on. And it doesn't happen or it does happen. And, and that's that. Instead, you partner with a native um, uh, digital. How old is she roughly? Uh, Alice. 30. Yeah, exactly. She goes, no, dad, what? You don't need a recording studio. And one of the things I love about your videos, I, I love it when it's windy because your hair gets all fucked up and you <laughs> often you have water behind you and the boats are like, and it's like, is this Bob Evans cloud update here? Or is this the guy reporting from the latest hurricane or, right. or, or something in between? Hi, it's Bob Evans. I'm here at Hurricane Sandy. And I just wanted to give you the update of what happened with Salesforce this quarter. Anyway, my point is, and from an old native analog point of view, you go, well, that's unprofessional. Well, guess what? In the native digital world, there's something about your quirky videos that work. And you've got, what I love is you've got your fucking chalkboard <laughs> and you've written it all up and it's, it's, there's a charm and quirkiness about it. And part of it is the low production value. Part of it is we all know it's on your phone and it works. And that right there, that's ex what you just, what you did with Ella is exactly the mentor myth. And yeah. that's the partnership that every native analog needs to start building with legendary native digitals. And if they do that, the native digital is going to get a gift in their career that she never could have gotten. Yeah. So of course she's working with her dad, which is a special kind of gift. At the same time, she's working with one of the most important thinkers in our industry for the better part of 40 fucking years. And she's meeting all these people and she's doing all these things that as a 30 year old, probably she wouldn't have access to. She certainly wouldn't have the uh, the historical insight, and she certainly wouldn't have the ability to take the history of Oracle, SAP, Salesforce, et cetera, et cetera, and begin to project it forward. You know, you were one of the first person to bang the table and say Salesforce is now the number one application company in the world. Yeah. You know, so my point is you with her have lived this mentor myth. That's exactly what native analogs and native digitals need to be doing. And if you work at GE, you need to figure out how to do this at your company. Mm -hmm. And Chris, thank you for all the kind things you've said there. Um, I, I will say, uh, you know, about this specific example I had of living the mentor myth. Um, Elle is my daughter. We had worked together for a few years before that. She has her own company. She's an entrepreneur. She advised me on all sorts of stuff. And because she's my daughter, on the one hand, you can say, well, that must have been hard because, you know, you want to, you want to be perceived by your children as being smarter than them. I, I never, <laughs> I never had that burden. I'm not worried about that. Um, and I, I didn't feel demeaned or diminished because, you know, part of it was Ella's response to me. I remember this so clearly. She said, hey, dad, that's great. After she heard my plan, she didn't laugh about it or tell me how stupid it was. She said, but here's what we're going to do. And uh, I didn't try to say, oh, no, wait, let's meet in the middle somewhere. We'll take, you know, half of my stupid ideas. Just sure. So, bam, it hit. The, it didn't hurt. And I didn't I didn't feel like, oh, my life's been a waste because this person half my age told me this. It was incredibly fun and interesting. And exciting. I laugh about it. I've told lots of people that story. It was a huge breakthrough for me. It was, I think, to use a current term, liberating. 
because I was thinking as I wrote that dumb, stupid plan, I said, who the hell is going to do all this? Because it sure as hell isn't going to be me. And uh, so that was wonderful. That was really wonderful. I felt it was one of the most uh, eye-opening, enlightening, uplifting, exciting, interesting things I've done. Because to your point exactly, it let me do what I like to do. And what as I get older, which I do every day, I find I want more and more to do the stuff that I like and that I care about. And I don't want to do the other stuff. So if we can embrace the zappiers and all the other carbon dingulators that that you have coined here to do this stuff, it's fantastic. It is not ageist. It is not belittling. It is not humbling, blah, 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 blah. It is great. And the longer people like me choose to put this off and say, well, fuck that, you know, I'm not going to bend mine for 150 years. Our company said, blah, 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 blah. That is just going to hasten the point at which, you know, you drop down into oblivion. So I would say, uh, read Christopher's mentor myth here, everybody. Get into this and understand it. And it's an adventure. It's joyful. It is not hard, hurtful, belittling, or, you know, beneath anybody, Chris. So you are, you are on the cusp. I think what you and Eddie and Cole are doing here, this is, you are going to be saving some companies and others who choose not to listen. They had their chance too bad. The world's full of companies that didn't listen, didn't change. And, you know, went the way of the woolly mammoth. Hey, they got three legs in the tar pit. They don't even know it. <laughs> you're trying to give them a way out. And this is extraordinary. So, Chris, this has been, of all your fantastic conversations we've had here, I think this is one of the greatest. And it is just, this is world changing what you're doing here. It is really, really, really powerful. And thank you so much for the chance to share these ideas. Not that I thank care you, about it, but thank you. <laughs> thank you, Bob. And, you know, we just want more people to understand we think this is the biggest change in the definition of what a human being is in a very long time. We think it's happening in plain sight. We think most people can't see it because as we talked about in the beginning for native digitals, it's a duh. It's like, well, of course you just told me that I'm swimming in water. Of course I'm swimming in water. You know, And for native analogs, it's a what? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you have the unlock, once you have this lens to your point, it goes from being confronting and upsetting as a native analog to freeing and empowering. I don't have to fight this. I'm not trying to be, you're not trying to be Ella. If you try to compete with her in her domain, forget <laughs> it. Right. But the same is true for her with you. And that's the unlock. That's the mentor myth. That's why it's a cycle. And when we who are more in the Obi-Wan pushing Yoda type stages realize it's our job to empower Leia and Luke and that we will learn as much from them and vice, as vice versa, and maybe even more, and we surrender. We give up our attachment. You know, we allow ourselves to, quote unquote, look stupid. You know, Cole has had to take me out to the woodshed a couple times, right? And I've always said, I want you to take me out to the woodshed. If I'm not getting it, you need to let me, you need to whack me until I get it, <laughs> right? And that, that is a very, very powerful thing. And I look, I think it's empowering for all of us, regardless of whether you're a native analog or a native digital, if you can take this uh, collaborative mindset around we have as much to teach each other, only it's in different areas, right? And we, we particularly as native analogs, 
uh, niche down on where our massive strengths are that can make the biggest difference. And we give up our attachment to the website has to be built in, you know, COBOL. <laughs> but the latest version of COBOL, I mean, don't be looking at yeah, me like I'm. Exactly. You know. <laughs> um, Chris, you know, before we go, I just want to say on top of what I mentioned earlier about the significance of what you and your buddies at Category Pirates are doing, it, it, it's remarkable because I think there's a very tiny number of people who might have seen part of what you're seeing and really get this, but their point would have been, hey, you can't keep doing things the way you used to do and expect to have any relevance to this new generation of human being." period. And I said, well, what should I do about it? I don't know. That's your problem. Go figure it out. But what you have done here is not only identified the challenge, but also said, there are lots of ways you can play around this. But you, but I think, Chris, if it's, if I'm hearing this right, this isn't a time for dabbling. It's not a time to set up a blue ribbon committee, you know, to go explore this for 12 months and, uh, you know, come back with a white paper recommendation, right? The company's got a couple quarters, maybe, you know, try to figure this out, get all over it. People who don't buy it, don't believe it, blow them out of the organization because all they will do is take you down. So, uh, Chris, fantastic, fantastic. There ought to be more people yelling arg and jumping <laughs> aboard the pirate ship. <laughs> well, thank you, Bob. Um, it's always great to be with you. Priceless, priceless. Thank you, my friend. It's been great. Folks, thanks for being with us. You heard it here first. Christopher Lockhead, Category Pirates, and the Mentor Myth. Let's all get past the uh, discomfort and enjoy it because it's going to be a fantastic adventure.